0: Welcome to the Be Free RE Podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angatti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. Hey, Tony, everyone's leaving California and moving to Texas or Florida, including Florida tenants. When will you be leaving Pittsburgh?
1: That sounded like a public <laughs> radio question. <laughs>
0: um, I will stop anytime. Soon. Good to hear. Yeah. When are people moving to Pittsburgh? Uh, I read something that if you believe in climate change, that Pittsburgh is going to be like Alabama in 30 years. So, sometime in the Why next. Why do we can't you pick a better place than Alabama? Just temperature wise, I mean, not like, not like, well, a... <laughs> I don't want to be like Alabama. I don't know if you've looked at our podcast stats, but we have a heavy, heavy following what I meant in to Alabama. Say was roll Tide, Roll Tide. Oh, oh. I, f- I forgot to mention—they're all Auburn fans, also. Well, well, forget them anyway then. Yeah, no, whatever. <laughs>
1: how you doing man i'm doing all right so we've got a bit of a different episode today
0: oh yeah tell me more um, <laughs> it'd be nice if you knew uh,
1: be good. no we're going to take a break from normal um show format and give you a thanksgiving feast of information <laughs> Um, so, John is working on a deal. Uh, it's one of his most recent deals with a Z, uh, like four Z's. Deals like a B, buzz buzz. Um, and we're just going to go through and talk about it a little bit off the cuff because I am reasonably familiar. But as John would describe, I am not intimately familiar. I haven't taken it out for a nice steak dinner. Um, Restaurants are closed. Like a <laughs> Yeah, come along. We're not, we're not, um, we're not holding hands yet. So uh, <laughs> that is what it is. So, John, before we get into this, um, would you give me a quick, quick overview? Uh, you don't need to tell me specifically where, but just give me a quick overview as far as like what type of neighborhood this is in, what type of property it is, that sort of thing. Uh,
0: yeah, sure. It's a single family house with a detached garage that has an apartment above it. Um, the neighborhood is the suburbs of Pittsburgh um i mean it's uh like near a metro line but uh it this isn't this is an area with like uh what would you say? It's like a B neighborhood, Tony? Something like that? Well, you tell me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a B. It's like a B type neighborhood. Yeah. It's, what, it's a B. Um, I
0: don't know if it's a B minus or B plus. But in anyway, your opinion, it's a B. what
1: makes it kind of like a B type neighborhood? Um,
0: it's just kind of it's a blue collar working class neighborhood. The schools are decent. Uh, you know, there's like supposedly a downtown there, but there's not really much going on. And uh, I mean, there's a nearby neighborhoods that are very clearly A. Uh, homes that range from 300 to very up, you know, higher, more than – a million um but uh yeah i mean there's just some um... There's no, there's no real crime or I, I haven't even experienced any crime of opportunity really in this neighborhood. It's just, uh, you know, kind of where people who originally moved out of the city um, set up shop when they first got cars in Pittsburgh. And that, that seems to be essentially the type of clientele that have stayed there for a long time. Nice.
1: Nice. And then let's, uh, speaking of like a type of people that are there, what's the typical tenant in the area? Who, who are they? What do they look like?
0: Um, I would be hesitant to say the area has like a singular typical tenant. But for that, for the housing stock that we're looking at, it's actually something that we weren't very sure about. So this is our first single family house in this area. And it's really only a two bedroom. So we were not quite sure who's going to be a great fit for this down the road. But in terms of people who rent apartments, and you know, we usually do apartments and duplex splits. it's usually a younger working professional, uh, maybe a single mother. Um, there's some kind of families uh, where we live. You're actually only allowed two people to a bedroom, um, so you kind of you can get some smaller families that will put like four in a two bed. Um, they're a little scrappier, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So kind of like a like a middle income um, couple, young professional type. Mm-hmm. Uh, the draws the school district. It sounds like like at least it's a decent school district, so you're probably gonna get a lot of like you know people. With with kids type thing so two bedrooms nice because they would have like a bedroom possibly for a kid or something like that it's not um, the reason why I bring this up is because a lot of times I always tell people like when you're considering size of how big the units are on your building consider it the type of people that are generally living there so like if you have a place where the school district is draw you probably don't want to buy a place that has like a ton of one bedroom apartments because the school district being the draw most of the people that are are going to be wanting to pay the higher rents there are going to be people with kids that are going to be going to school that's why they're living there so if you have a bunch of one-bedroom apartment places those are that's not really taking advantage of the you know reason for being in your area same thing like if you have a lot of you know if you have a very large unit and you're not trying to rent out like by the room or to roommate situation or whatever and you're in an area that's mostly commuters or like younger people or whatever um, it's going to be a little bit harder to fill a large unit than like like a one bedroom or a two bedroom or something like that so that's the only reason why i bring it up it's just because whenever you're looking at buildings it's useful to think like who's my end customer most likely to be and i should renovate and pick my units based on the kind of average person that's in this area so think about but but yeah so that's kind of where it is a little bit what's uh what's your initial plan with this building
0: So, yeah, we've, we found the deal actually on the MLS, um, and kind of this, the state of it is essentially someone aged in place until they had to be moved into like an assisted care kind of, um, living situation so the house sort of looks like your grandma's house so to speak so nice, the grandma special yeah um so I mean honestly we're not really planning to do too much uh we're, you know we're gonna kind of do the, the same things we always do they they have fixed the bathroom pretty recently so we're gonna mostly leave that alone and then we're gonna uh, it has drop ceiling I think we're actually just gonna replace the panels on the drop ceiling for now and try and make that look a little more modern uh, we're going to paint the walls, do the floor. And um, that's kind of it for the house. We'll probably do some windows just because we're moving in and um, we have a young daughter and uh, we want the windows to work for one and two. There's just kind of like a lead paint window situation and that we would rather not think about. You um, want your daughter chewing on windows, on lead paint windows. Yeah. it's more, a little more about like when you slide them open and shut, the lead paint gets in the air and mm. probably being overly cautious on that thing. But Yeah, I heard it tastes good though. Uh, supposedly it's very sweet. Uh, anyway, yeah,
1: yeah, that's a that's a good idea. I would would that. Um, so is there currently a tenant in uh the garage apartment?
0: No, there's not. So, um,
1: I assume you're living in the house and renting the garage. That's plan.
0: That is the plan. Yeah, the the apartment needs a little bit more work. Uh, we have to jigger around some of the kitchen, and we're actually toying around with the idea of uh, maybe doing that as like short term furnished rentals um, mm. so like a month long furnished rental because actually when we first moved to Pittsburgh we needed something like that and there was a complete dearth of it in the market here so we figure like I heard
1: that the good re- way to do Airbnb is like you post it on Airbnb and you find people who are like mm-hmm. that's where they're looking and then if they are actually in that situation then just approach them say like hey do you actually want to rent this for like a month off Airbnb yeah,
0: yeah exactly and that's, that's Man. Yeah, and there's yeah, a couple, cool. couple other things. So, um, with the idea being that maybe our parents will come and stay there for a little while, and uh, and uh, basically, if I mean the math we would do on like those month-to-month furnished rentals would be almost twice what we would probably get for um, renting it out normally. So nice, nice. Uh, so and if
1: let's it, go into the numbers a little bit. Like, what are you know, what do the numbers look like right now?
0: Yeah, so I'm actually trying to remember what it was listed at, but I can't can't remember. At the list price right now, I think it was listed at 129, and okay. and we actually came in without seeing it, and we offered 10,000 above asking because we just wanted to get it under contract. So right. that's kind of where we are with, with that. Um, after some concessions, we'll probably be about five above asking, okay. and then rehab budget. It's really going to depend on some of these plumbing and electrical questions. Uh, the where the where the house is located. The the municipality, the local government um, does walkthroughs and uh, there's been some conversation about whether we'll have to move uh, like a sewer stack around or not. So uh, okay. it'll probably be- still at, at purchase.
1: The house part alone lets you meet like the 1% rule, basically, once you move out. Uh,
0: yes. Yes. I think. um You know, assuming we don't do any kind of fancy short-term rental stuff, and that doesn't work out, and we just wind up renting it, we think the apartment will probably go for something like eight hundred gross, and we'll have to carry the utilities ourselves. And and the house, we're thinking we'll probably go for something like eleven when we're done. So that gets us up to one hundred ninety, and then on the one percent rule, that gives us quite a bit of room for. um, Yeah, nice. I have no idea what the ARV is going to be on this stuff, to be very honest very hard for me to exactly know the neighborhood, but in general uh, flippers are buying all the houses nearby, so um, that seems, the neighborhood seems to be turning over, so we feel like at worst we have like a decent deal, and at best maybe the neighborhood continues to kind of get rolled over by flippers, in which case that would be great.
1: That and um, a place like this you're probably going to be best off just looking at like what would it sell for is like a single family home on its own rather than like a strictly investment property. I think that you'd probably get, you'll probably find that you'll get a higher price a single family home scenario than would if you ever sell it based just like a rent property.
0: Yeah, so it's something we've been thinking about actually is, um, you know, like at first we're just going to rent it and then maybe later down the road we want to sell it and maybe we should do some of those like market ready uh, improvements closer but to... In a-
1: Call this uh, garage a pool house.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that would be slightly above market. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's that's exactly some of the stuff we're kicking around. Because it, it is a weird house. It's really a two-in-one with a, a large finished attic, which will be a home office. Or, you know, if you have a kid, you can give the kid a big room or make yeah. it a guest room. But it's it's a very strange layout. So yeah, I give kids a uh, yeah yeah, yeah, I guess you could do that, too. You could put your teenagers in there. Party time. Yeah, big time. Party time all the time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're at with the D. It's hard to know exactly what's going to happen next. Uh, We haven't closed it yet, but uh, we're we're pretty optimistic about it. I I guess maybe this is this will be the thing I learned. But there's always this kind of like wave that happens with houses where we see it um, and we're like, okay, we got to get this. This is this is a deal. And then we usually go walk it and we're like, oh, this is a headache. This thing Mm -hmm. is stupid. This is wrong. That's wrong. And you look at all these dumb things. And then usually like two or three days later, you kind of like wind up somewhere in the middle. But for us, it's. we're usually closer to the deal side of things, and uh, I don't know, there's just like that whole emotional roller coaster of that that, that whole part of the process, which is um, yeah,
1: yeah. I always remind myself that nothing is yeah. ever as bad after the fact as you thought it would be during, yeah. So, like, every time something's new, even if you've done projects before, a new project you just think is gonna be way scarier and way worse than it usually ends up turning out to be. Same thing with me and like how expensive stuff is, I always Think that things are going to be so expensive, and then I usually end up being like pleasantly surprised. Maybe that's just being a bit pessimistic when I consider stuff off the bat. But
0: um, yeah, I mean, it's a good yeah. it's a good disposition to have as a real estate investor, though, right? <laughs> it's like... Yeah. The paranoids arrive, but...
1: Um, yeah, it's true. Well, this is good. We'll have to uh, do the part two. What do we want to call this house? Um, The pool house? Yeah. The pool house part one? Sure. Sounds good. Pool <laughs> house good. part one. You just got to put in like a super Florida <laughs> above ground pool.
0: I mean, there's it's like kind of common in Pittsburgh, these above ground pools. I, I have no idea. I don't think
1: pools are really all that common in Pittsburgh at all. Oh, really? But, nah. I mean, if you do see them, it's usually above ground. You don't see too many like in-ground pools but I don't see that many people better to know somebody with a pool than to have eh, story like a story of
0: everything just like a wife house. I mean what? Vacation house <laughs> Vacation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh. I don't know what other things that are better to know somebody that has one than to have one I said a wife <laughs> nah. yeah nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. that's okay I don't know it depends on the day
0: that's a bad joke yeah. um yeah uh, pickup trucks is definitely nah. true just... yeah so that's I mean that's where we're at we're excited on the house and Uh, yeah Uh, we're very happy with Tony's team for helping us out with it actually
1: thanks now we're doing back-to-back weeks with like Tony's team
0: yeah (laughs) which is cool that's fine Uh,
1: you know free plug that's cool that works but yeah I I think this would be a good one for you from the sound of it Um, once you get into it a little bit we'll start do another episode with maybe some of the like rehab costs and renovation costs yeah kind of take this one month by month
0: we'll carry the through line all right that sounds good
1: carry the torch and uh, maybe one day I'll come over and help help paint some ceiling fans black. here.
0: all right, man? I'll get the rustolium ready for you. No, I'm
1: no, not... no! You don't buy rustolium. You buy <laughs> buy that cheap imitation shit. That's what you buy. <laughs> That's true. You buy the like rustolio. Mm, it's... <laughs> it's like the it's like whatever you get a tie from China and it says like Giorgio Armani. <laughs> 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 rust
0: uh, uh, Yeah, I actually don't know if we have to replace <laughs> the fans in this place or not yet.
1: I do have a Giorgio Armani
0: tie do well you yeah,
1: bring, from China. bring it over it in college it's one of my favorite ties <laughs> bring it over start getting video on these podcasts I wear it in a podcast with a t-shirt <laughs> I wear a t-shirt of tie
0: I like <laughs> it favorite. get the Florida Florida tendency and Giorgio armanti. I feel like there will be like many uh many different Angottis then yeah alright man well All right. uh why don't you uh let the listeners know something that you learned this week something that you came across
1: I learned this week uh I learned that there's basically insurance for everything <laughs> except for utility line on commercial apartment building.
0: Oh, fascinating.
1: Because we bought a building and then um, there's like four inches of sewage in the base now, so That's Oh, man well uh, parting gift from our seller eh. so yeah if you have something that does qualify for utility line coverage you should always because if the electric line goes bad the water line goes bad the sewer line goes bad all those different things it's very expensive like $15,000 expenses so get your insurances for eight dollars a month
0: yeah it's a lot of ten dollars a month <laughs> yep 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 yeah
1: even for the how about you
0: uh I'm trying to think we went through that wave with the house,
1: well, well, actually, I know something you learned how about this uh if you have a an apartment above a garage how should you if if they say it's not permitted, what type of dwelling should you get a permit as oh an a d u yeah exactly, and then if the borough tells you <laughs> that they don't have any permits for it, should you just take them at their lazy word?
0: yeah, no, you should not you no
1: because the people that you call, those government workers are like super lazy and they're not going to look it up. They're just going to go on the computer and if anything's older than a certain time, they're just going to tell you, it doesn't exist. Can't use it. And then you need to go back through your records and basically say hey, yeah, it does exist. Sorry.
0: Yeah, we were lucky because the seller was pretty um, meticulous, I guess. But uh, what what do you do in that scenario? Can you actually go pull the files yourself? I mean, Um, we have a good relationship with
1: a guy who the You basically the just files need to push them to actually go into the archives. I see. But let's say that they don't have any permits, like if it predated requiring permits for that thing, which sometimes that, that happens. Um, usually you can do like, a, well, at least in Pittsburgh, you can do a quicker, sometimes you can do a quicker hearing if you have like all the, um, if you have documentation or the seller has documentation that it was used as a dwelling going back many, many years. Um, that could be like utility records or uh, leases if you have them or whatever, um, less likely that you actually have lease. But utility records, sometimes you can get what they call an over-the-counter permit and you basically just go down and in normal non-COVID times, you would just go to the office and show them all of the history. And then sometimes they'll grant that permit. Other times you actually need to go through the permitting process. And I remember we talked about it with this building. Mm-hmm. If you actually wanna take time, listeners, John, anybody, if you wanna take time to learn how to do this, it will be a pain for the first couple but once you figure it out, you're going to have so many more opportunities than a lot of other people. It's just basically an example of finding a niche. Like if you're someone that knows how to fix foundations, you could buy all of the houses with foundation problems. If you know how to fix all the permitting issues, you buy all the ones with permitting issues because the average buyer does not want to buy. So I think that finding that niche, something that you're useful at, like I I heard somebody on a podcast the other day, it said that they only flip historic homes. They only flip historic homes because they know how to deal with the historic housing authority people and other people don't so like for them they can get those houses for way cheaper they just do everything to the proper code and then they make a bunch of money they can get the house permit issues are kind of like a way that could find your niche
0: yeah you, know? you gotta buy and problems if
1: you figure out all the stuff for the accessory dwelling units then you could just build on top of this stuff you know if you really figure out how to do it
0: yeah I mean, part of what, um, actually made us interested in this property is like, this is a competency we want to build up because we feel like in general, this is, uh, like people are on to the duplex game and we feel like it's something we need to get more proficient at. I mean, I'm very happy that it seems like this is going to be a much easier permitting process than we had originally planned for, but, um, this is actually something. I feel like the duplex
1: game is like bell bottom. Like it went away for a while and then it started to come back.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Our bell bottoms back? <laughs> Show no, me. I don't- show me your pants what are you wearing is that what the kids (laughs) on the talk pick is doing
1: yeah oh my god Um...
0: I, I, I don't know. Dude, uh, old man, tuk, got no, of here. Tick,
1: no, I mean, like, I feel like in the 1900s to 1940s in Pittsburgh, like, there were a bunch of duplexes built. Everybody wanted to live in duplexes. Live by grandma. It's great. And then that went away for a long time. And then now people are like, I really want to house hack. And house hacking's like, the cool thing. For good reason. I mean, it's pretty sweet. For economic reasons. Uh, yeah. yeah. But now it's, like, coming back. Like, financial, I don't know non-ineptitude I, I competence financial competence like having a renaissance
0: yeah I don't know I want to believe that's true but uh, it's not true I yeah just, it's not you know, whatever just thinking romantic we're just in a bubble so and you probably deal with particularly <laughs> an echo chamber yes an echo chamber oh, Be- I... better way better way to phrase it well you can reach me by calling the show but you don't want to reach me but you can reach Tony by calling the show at 412-212-8366 leave a name or don't tell us where you're calling from or don't but you do have to ask a question
1: yeah the more ridiculous the better
0: That's true and who says they don't want to call you you're more oh my my wife says that actually she says those that exact words you're ways. more interesting than me <laughs> no that people aren't calling no, no, people aren't calling she said stop talking on the podcast they're not calling to hear from you no one's listening for you <laughs> <laughs> you have better vocal talent. That's why they called monotone. I'm not fishing anyway. for compliments here. I, I'm anyway. trying to make light That's of the
1: situation. Point. Follow me at 412agent, 412agent.com, Anthony and Gaudi on Bigger Pocket. and follow the show at BeFreeRE. Because eventually we're going to get actually on Instagram as a show, but eventually <laughs> it's a very arbitrary, tr- ambiguous term that could be tomorrow, could be next week, could be a month from two years from now, blah, 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 blah. But subscribe and rate the show and follow us for the next part of John Poolhouse.
0: Alright, coming in hot.
1: See you later. <laughs> bye bye, bye, bye. to Lou.